This is B2B Enablement, a Click.io podcast created to inspire sales and marketing leaders navigating digital transformation. I'm your host, Dave Carr, and on this show, we'll share actionable insights to build winning digital strategies and deliver better sales results with your customers. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode number seven of B2B Enablement. And today I'm here with Lewis Mudrich, and we are going to unpack and demystify the topic of pay-per-click advertising for B2B companies. And I don't know about you, but I know when I have first gotten into this, uh, the topic can be a little bit mysterious, almost like one of those black hole or to be or not to be things. Uh, But Lewis is an expert on this topic, and I think we're going to walk away with a lot of actionable insights that can help you better apply pay-per-click advertising in your business. So Lewis, before we get started, can you just give us a really quick introduction of yourself, and uh, then we'll hop right into the topic. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Dave. I'm really excited to be on. Um, quick little intro about myself. I'm an HC learner for the past couple of years now. Got my start in SEO probably like a decade ago and then started to quickly transition more to just paid ads because I found that really that was like basically my, my where I thrived the most. Um, and I've done, you know, B2C, B2B, all types of industries and leads and verticals, and just basically found out how to really crack B2B on either paid search or paid social like LinkedIn and then Facebook platforms. Great. Well, we'll just hop right in. And I want to start at the most entry level uh, element of this conversation, because we probably have people listening who have a little bit of experience with paid ads, some that may have none at all. So just at a foundational level, when B2B companies are thinking about implementing a strategy for PPC, and I know that's not something that they've been overly familiar with, um, where do you begin to develop uh, putting pay-per-click advertising into your marketing plan? Um, Yeah, so great. So when it comes to PPC, I'm just going to assume we're referring to like Google Ads pay-per-click. And when you're starting out with Google Ads, you've never done pay-per-click. It's an easy way to lose your shirt if you don't know how to basically set up basic things like uh, bid match modif- Sorry, set up basic things like broad match modifiers. Uh, what I would really start doing though, before you start picking your keywords, before you start crafting your landing page, is, is start by seeing what your competitors are doing in Google Ads. And there's plenty of tools you can use to do this. This will give you a great idea where to start off, or basically how easy or difficult it would, will be to run ads in your in your niche. Um, so you can use things like Keyword Planner to get an idea of keywords, and you can actually pop in a competitor's website URL in Keyword Planner. This is a, a feature inside Google Ads to kind of see what keywords are on their site to give you keyword ideas. You can also use other tools like SpyFu to basically look at their exact ads they're running for which keywords and whatnot. And, and, and the whole point of doing this is to see what kind of copy they're using in their ads. What, are they, what kind of verbiage are they saying? What kind of features and benefits are they mentioning? What keywords are they actually bidding on over time to get an idea of, of where to start rather than just kind of going off feeling and whatnot? I think that's a, that's a great place to start out. Yeah. And so essentially just doing a gap analysis, right? So understanding where you can carve out those niches and, and sort of where your competitors are succeeding, seeing success. Um, when you are thinking about a lot of your clients in the B2B realm, how would you uh, recommend or suggest to someone in getting started in terms of managing advertising? Should they look to do that internally with people on staff that have a skill set? Do you go with an agency or what's the best way to get started? Yeah, you know, you know my, my biased answer would be hire an agency, right? But I actually <laughs> think that's not the best way to go. 
I think the best way to go is actually try it internally yourself and try to dab a little bit, especially if you have an employee who, who understands paid ads a little bit, or at least the fundamentals. Um, because that would basically show you how difficult this is going to be and, and where, where you're hitting the walls at. Um, you know, obviously don't just go and just burn a ton of, ton of money, right? But start to familiarize yourself a little bit with Google ads, uh, specifically keyword planner, um, and start to understand what your cost per click is going to be in your industry and maybe even run a few ads and test, uh, see how many clicks you're getting, how many conversions you're getting, if any, to understand like, you know, how difficult is this going to be? Or if you're in the mindset where you just want to hand it off and have someone handle it, you, you don't want to manage, you don't want to like, you know, have just an agency would make sense at that point. Um, but it really makes sense to hire an agency once you hit a wall. That's when the real value comes in because they can take you from, from one to six or one to 10 rather than like the zero to one, which you can actually do a lot of that yourself. Right. And, you know, I think for a lot of companies, they probably have, you know, piddled a little bit with Google AdWords and, and other things like that. Um, I know before we hopped on the podcast, just in our prep, we talked a lot about, you know, the different platforms, right? So you've got Google, of course, the, the best known, but there's also like LinkedIn is becoming extremely popular in terms of generating ads um, or, or traction from your ads. I know for, for our business, we, we utilize LinkedIn very heavily and we've seen good success. But can you kind of just give a, a lay of the land in terms of how those different platforms apply in terms of that uh, pipeline building strategy? Yeah, absolutely. And especially in like the B2B realm of things, um, you have very different intentions on these platforms. And, and I would actually recommend if you haven't really dabbled in paid ads, don't just jump to LinkedIn um, because you're, you're going to have a hard time. LinkedIn's more expensive. You, you have, you're basically paying higher CPMs, which is the cost per thousand impressions and whatnot. The intention is much lower, meaning that people are just scrolling passively on these platforms. They're not really looking actively for your product or service. Um, and you have to get in front of them through a different medium. It's not just a text ad. Now you need an image. You need different ways of collecting information. You need a video as well. You need to have a really enticing offer. I'd say get your training wheels and Google ads. You know, because it's basically very straightforward. You write an ad, you pick the keywords you want to bid for, you select the right match modifiers, whether it's phrase match, broad match, modified, or exact match, and, and so on. Um, and then it just, it's really straightforward. The intention is really high because people are searching for this. So the buyer intent is much higher than on a, on a platform like LinkedIn or Facebook where people are scrolling passively and you have to almost like snap them out of what they're, they're doing and then get them so interested they click on the site and then keep them so interested they give you the information versus a platform like Google, where you just pick the right keywords, the intent is obvious, the buying intent is obvious, and they hit your site, there's going to be a much higher click-through rate in your ads, and there's going to be a much higher uh, conversion rate as well. So it's going to be much easier to get your training wheels on something like Google Ads before jumping into like LinkedIn or Facebook. Yeah, that's a really great point. And I can certainly attest to the cost on LinkedIn being much higher uh, because the cost to generate a contact there just in general is, is more expensive. You can get a lot more targeted, um, but you, you really do have to have a dialed in strategy. Um, I know you mentioned as we started talking about, you know, looking to, to do a little work internally um, for organizations out there that may not have somebody in uh, their team that has that sort of skill set. Are there any good training resources or uh, online content that you would recommend for them to consume just to, to learn how to begin uh, with things like Google? Yeah, I'm actually a big fan of, of free content. Um, I put out a lot of videos on YouTube as well. I would I would highly recommend just running straight to YouTube before before they drop like a thousand dollars on on a course, just catching up the speed. And before they do this, 
Like there, there's plenty of, of 101 Google ads, beginners type videos all over the internet uh, for free that you can just spend 30 minutes watching a few of them to get a good grasp of, of what this platform actually is. How complex is it? Where, you know, what, what are you not understanding? What, what makes sense right out the gate? Um, because before you're even going to hire someone and before you're going to hire an agency or an employee, um, it, it's going to help you a lot to know a little bit about what's going on. Just so, you know, well, one, someone can't just pull the wool over your eyes and use a lot of like technical mumbo jumbo to make you think it's like a black um, box of science you'll never figure out and you need to pay like a master retainer or whatnot. But also when you're vetting people, like if you know a little bit about what's going on, um, you'll know if they have some advanced strategies you've never heard before. You'll know if some of the basics they have down covered, you can even test them a little bit too as well. Um, I would highly recommend just like just checking out the free content. Uh, Google has a lot of content too as well. They have like a Google Academy uh, to get you to learn more about paid ads. But YouTube's great. I mean, I've, I've learned a lot from YouTube and, and Google. And I think you get to start there. You don't have to really invest a lot of money to get the basics down. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, in my last episode, uh, we talked about video marketing and how to fit that in, in your strategy. And my guest, Drew Franklin, actually said, hey, I feel like I got my master's degree on YouTube <laughs> because there, there's so much great content out there. Yeah, there's so much great content out there that if you're a marketer and you're trying to figure out how to implement some of these strategies, it's it's easy to consume. And, and podcast as well. I mean, you know, granted, if you're listening to this, you, you found us. Uh, but another one I'm a big fan of is the digital marketing podcast. It's from uh, Target Internet. And uh, it's funny, Lewis, that, that you mentioned, you know, knowing enough about paid ads to be able to vet. And one of the last episodes on the, on the digital marketing podcast, they were talking about digital skill sets in, inside the organization and how important that was. And one of the topics they got into was around if you're an executive, you really need to spend time to learn the, at least the basics and fundamentals of, of these types of strategies, because if you don't, you're not going to be able to properly vet people. And, and granted, I mean, you know, you have teams that, you know, you want to put some money in place to, to do their best work. But as an executive, you need to have that sort of skill set. And I think looking for that sort of free content uh, is a great way to, to help everybody sort of get on the, the same page. Um, so let's let's hop into analytics because I know that's you know probably one of the most powerful things an organization can put to work you know out of these ad campaigns um, you know talk to us a little bit about what sort of analytics you can begin to expect to to get from your paid activity and then how can those analytics help glean insights to really better manage your pipeline yeah perfect so analytics is it's just such a big conversation. I'm having these conversations over and over with my current clients as well, because it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Once you have things like cross-platform analytics, like are we tracking the same number of sales and leads on, on Facebook or Google that's actually showing up inside Salesforce? And how do we get the, the information to, to transfer 100% time? Even people navigate to different pages. So it's a, it's a big discussion. And you, it's, it's something that it's kind of like a, it's like a refining process over time to try to get as close to perfect as you can. Even if you had everything set up, there's always like a you know 99% success rate, but maybe like Google will lose a, a conversion or two here and there. It just happens. Um, but the most basic way to approach analytics is to make sure, well, one, you're running on, so we're assuming we're running on Google Ads. Um, you have your conversion events and conversion tracking set up properly. So you have a uh, thank you page is the easiest way to do this. You see this all the time. You opt in for something, you get sent to a thank you page. 
that's where you will place um, your conversion tracking. So basically, Google attaches a special parameter to the URL if you've clicked an ad. And without getting too complicated, if you've clicked an ad and you convert on that site, you become a lead, you become a sale, whatever. Um, it's sending information back to Google Ads to then allow you to know exactly what campaign and what keyword someone became a sale from. So you have to make sure you get your conversion tracking down. That's the most basic one. And I, I've seen this fumbled a lot. It really paints either, um, you know, uh, over glorified picture of how well the ads are doing or like, which is inaccurate or reverse where you basically, your ads are doing much better than you're seeing inside the dashboard. Um, so just get your conversion tracking down one. And then two, it's a little bit more technical, but UTM parameters. These help whenever you're trying to nail down exactly where you're getting your best quality leads from, where they're coming from, which campaign, which ad converted them, all that stuff. And UTM parameters are actually kind of simple. There's UTM generators online. And again, without getting too, too technical, it basically just allows you like to directly pinpoint exactly which campaign, keyword, ad, and so on and so forth, uh, a specific lead saw before they converted. Um, and this is really great whenever you're getting volume. Now you're like, okay, I'm getting a lot of leads, but where are my, you know, basically highest value customers coming from? And you may find out that they're actually bidding on, they're actually clicking on a specific keyword over the other ones. Um, so even though you might be getting more leads on certain keywords, you're actually getting more sales um, or higher quality leads from another keyword. So it's worth paying extra. That's where UTMs come into play. Yeah, and I think you know having robust analytics and a, and a tracking system to to measure this effectiveness over the life cycle of of that sales cycle um, is really important. Um, you know, specifically when you get back to the point of you know, are you just getting leads or are you actually getting quality leads that are showing to to turn into sales and and valid opportunities. And I think too, I don't, you know, don't want to go down this rabbit hole while we're talking about PPC, but you know, to, to, to define your ideal customer profile is, is extremely important so that you, you really know who you're after and you can, can vet those leads as they're coming in to say, okay, as a marketer, does this really fit my ICP? Is this going to be valuable to hand over to my sales team? Um, so I think that's a, that's a perfect lead in sort of to the next question I had for you, which is, you know, when you're looking to, to take the leads that you're getting from the paid advertising and drop those in the sales funnel. Because, and I go back to this again, we talk about this on the podcast all the time, the connectivity between marketing and sales is so important. So as a marketer, if you're handing those leads over, what ways have you seen that have shown good success and how do you use other systems like marketing automation uh, or CRM to help nurture those leads to a close? Yeah, I could probably just start off with what I've seen uh, not work that well. And that's typically whenever a funnel is, is super simple, where it's basically someone opt-ins on a form, it's a thank you page, you know, it's whatever it is. And it's like, hey, we'll, we'll contact you, you know, within the next 48 hours. And that's it. That's the only touch point they get is just that thank you page. Uh, because there's so much more you could be doing. You could have essentially a nurture sequence. So someone opts in to become a lead. They get a thank you page. And what I, what I do personally as well, there's a video just saying like, hey, thanks so much for opting in just to warm them up even more, get them used to seeing you. Uh, we're going to be contacting you very shortly. In the meantime, check your email. I just sent over a video about, you know, seven tips for how to improve your conversion rate for B2B leads. So that'll be in your email. Go check it out. Or something else to like keep them interested until you can get on that call. Um, or maybe it's not, a, maybe they didn't book like a demo. Instead, they're just opting in for a lead magnet. Having them in a sequence that's relevant to what they originally opt in is really great. So for example, um, some sequences I've set up is 
uh, people looking for like SaaS type of, of ads and things like that, if you've opted into that sequence, you're not going to be shown like uh, tips for industrial advertising, whatnot. You're not going to be shown these other things. You're going to get emails fed to you, um, videos, you know, blog, arc- blog, arc- uh, sorry. <laughs> blog articles, tips and things like that around that specific industry. So it's really relevant. It keeps you engaged. Um, I think anytime someone comes from a, a, a ads platform, uh, and keep in mind, these are again still cold traffic. This is not a referral. This is not someone, unless it's a branded search term, someone search your brand. This is not someone that typically really knows of you. So you have to build that trust factor and, and keep doing that by, by keep delivering more value until you get them on the call or whatnot, even after you get them on the call. So what I've seen work really well in short is any funnel or system that someone opts in to become a lead or they make a purchase like that. And that's not the last touch point. In fact, they're getting emailed more valuable content, preferably in the form of video that helps them, you know, just basically solve their problems better. So whatever the original reason they opted in for. Um, so by the time you get on a call with them, they're already so grateful. They're like, wow, you just gave me so much great free value. Like I'm just happy to talk to you. I'm excited. They're almost like a, like a mini fan at that point because you've just given them so much value. Those are the funnels I seem work really well. They're more complicated to set up. It does take a little bit more effort. Um, you have to create like valuable content and things like that. Um, but you, you can increase your close rate much more by doing this. It, those are some really pro tips, and uh, it's it's almost one of those things where I'm I'm sitting here thinking, you know, uh, what what can we do to optimize ours? Because I know there's even some ways that we can we can improve our own funnel. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, those things uh, in and of themselves, you know, creating the videos and the landing pages and and the campaigns, in an in, of each on their own is not difficult, but it's the culmination of pulling that together in a journey that really makes an impact. Um, Let's go back to, you know, you mentioned earlier, there's a handful of things that you see people typically do wrong. And, you know, uh, I like to be pretty real on this podcast. I mean, we, we don't ex- think that everyone can do things perfectly on the first try. And there's probably going to be, you know, trips and, and missteps when you start a campaign like this or uh, a strategy like this. What are some of the most common mistakes that you have seen people make and what advice would you give them to sort of keep them out of the ditches when they get started? That's a, that's a really great question. And, and, you know, funny enough, the common mistake hasn't really changed over the years. I've been doing paid ads. Um, number one, the most common mistake I see people make is I see when people try paid ads, they don't really know what they're doing. They throw a couple hundred bucks at it don't get any sales, surprise, <laughs> and then just say it doesn't work. And they kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. And they think like, oh, it doesn't work for me. You know, costs are too high. It's just not working. I get any sales. That, that's, that's the biggest mistake I see because there is a barrier to entry to paid ads. Um, you know, I've seen Google try to do like Google Express and make it really easy for people to jump on, but there's still a barrier to entry to get sales from paid ads or even leads. Um, and that's where a lot of people give up. They expect it to be like this magic lever. You pull or you put some money in, you, you bid on some keywords, and then um, you, know, you get sales automatically. But it's, it's really a whole lot more than that. And the mistake is to just approach it with like dipping your toe in the water kind of, kind of mentality. And, and if you don't like, you know, get instant sales right away, then just, just can the whole idea. Um, but because you know, on that point, paid ads for B2B specifically require more frequent tweaking iteration because you're likely going up against some competitors who already are doing this and already have this figured out and they're already doing the ongoing experimentation to make their ads better and better and better. So you can't really afford to be lazy or just kind of dabble in the paid ads unless you're just trying to learn um, and then expect like great ROI. 
Yeah, all all great points. Um, you know, I think the iteration is really important too because you know if you and I think the algorithms, right? Even if you're if you're not updating your ads, if you're running the same ones over, I think even LinkedIn and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they will even uh, ding your ads in terms of how how much reach you can get um, if you're not updating those on a frequent basis, right? I think it's it's more from like the this the ad, it's not a set it and forget it type of thing where um, you can't just make one ad it converts great and just like, like put the budget and just leave it and, and just don't ever touch it again um, because your competitors aren't doing that they're iterating on their ads they're making them better and whatnot and then eventually you're going to get like things called like a frequency is going to be too high so people have seen this ad in your niche too many times and just don't care to see it so they're going to stop clicking on it and that's going to start increasing your costs. Um, so yeah, that, that's to answer your point, Dave, it's more about the, the frequency going up. People are seeing the same ad over and over and over again, and they're stopping to click on it, increasing your cost, increasing your CPM. Um, and your competitors, they're just making better and better ads or iterating on top of what they learned. So you're going to start to sink down. It, it's really not a set and forget it type of marketing, um, strategy while there are industries that are so like for example like local plumbers can just run you know plumber near me as the keyword and just have like an ad and just leave it and just not really touch it um in that local area because there's not much competition but in in terms of like b2b you're going to need uh frequent tweaking you know going back to the drawing board even when you're finally getting something that's working like i mentioned the frequency can go up and competitors can come in and start you know basically try to iterate on top of your ads um it most likely won't work from forever so you need to be crafting the next iteration of your strategy. Like, how can I basically make a variation that will beat this variation? Oh, great. I did. Okay. How do I make another variation that will beat this variation? So you have to just keep doing that over and over again. Rinse and repeat. So uh, let's talk about from the standpoint of how to scale. Um, I know we talked a good bit about Google. We've talked about LinkedIn. We haven't really touched on Facebook yet, but I know from our our conversations and prep, you mentioned, you know, if you're really looking to scale LinkedIn ads and Facebook ads are where to do that. So if someone's ready to go that route, how do they, how do they go? Yeah. And I would just also preface that too, as well. If, if you don't know what you're doing, I would not recommend starting on LinkedIn and Facebook. It's a quick way to lose your shirt, <laughs> um, especially in B2B, but it's better if you already know the kind of content your customers want. So if you're in the lead magnets, people opt in for uh, the most, the kind of videos they like seeing the most, um, you have like a good understanding of what kind of content to show your customer. Because now on these display platforms, these, you know, basically we have to create the demand. Um, you're going to have to go out and make people care and make people like basically interested in what you have to offer. And that's not gonna, it's not going to cut it if you just have like a, a plain text ad that says like, buy my stuff you're going to have to reel them in with something interesting and valuable. Um, and the intent is really low on these platforms. And remember, they're not on these platforms to find a solution. That Facebook, they're just scrolling, looking at you know funny cat videos. LinkedIn, people are probably looking for job opportunities or just seeing what's going on in the business world. Um, so you have to snap them out of that. And so your content has to be really good. And that's why I recommend just really understand the kind of content your customers want to see. Um, especially around, uh, around lead magnets. So for mine, I know people really want to see like basically cheat sheets. They want to see like lists of like top performing ads and things like that. So I create content around that and then um, make videos around that. And then on these platforms, I, I'm able to reel people in because they're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm curious about either hiring for this role or doing this in-house or however I want to do it. Um, and they'll opt in for that type of content. So now I can make these platforms work for me. If I just did an ad and I've tried this, if I just did an ad that says, hey, I, I run an agency, you know, come work with me. Look at all these great results I got really bad results on these platforms, really bad results. You have to provide value and make people actually care. Um, on Google, it, you don't have to, they're looking for you. So you just have to just say, Hey, I'm here. 
here's, here's my ad. Here's my, I have a good landing page. You can trust me. Looks good. Um, so yeah, Facebook and LinkedIn ads is where you go to scale because now you're not limited on search volume anymore. Now you're just limited on people or people like that have certain interests or, or have certain job titles and you can scale much more uh, aggressively. And really with Facebook, you just keep scaling it. And LinkedIn, you build these new audiences over and over based on people who opt in. So you can stop relying on things like interest-based targeting or job title targeting because you can create lookalike audiences. Um, so you can just keep scaling. And whereas Google, you're going to eventually get tapped out on the amount of keywords you can, you can advertise for, especially if you're trying to get your, you're just dominating the market, or maybe it's just getting too expensive to be number one for these keywords. It's not really making sense anymore. Um, Facebook's where you can go next. And LinkedIn specifically is where you can go next. Facebook's a little bit harder for B2B. Got it. Yeah. And I want to come back to, you mentioned, you know, some of your campaigns you've seen the most success with are video based. And, you know, again, if you haven't listened to uh, the previous episode of this podcast about uh, video marketing strategies for B2B, definitely go back and take a, take a listen to that. But Lewis, if you, if you were just to give percentages in terms of, you know, the, the types of conversions uh, that you get with video ads versus non-video, I mean, how, how would you say the two compare to, to each other? Yeah. And it does, it does flip flop sometimes. So what I mean is like video is not always going to beat static images. It's not always going to win. I find more times often than not, it does win video mostly because you have way more room to capture someone's interest in a picture. You have way more chance to like pique their interest, show the kind of content you're going to give to them, maybe you get some free value and then rope them in with a lead magnet to, to give them additional value. Um, with the static images, you can't really do that as much. And that's why I would almost recommend starting with video first uh, because you can play around with the format a, a lot more. You can basically, you know, try, okay, this video I'm going to um, just teach people someone. Uh, sorry, in this video, I'm going to try to teach people something and then I'll offer my services at the end. Um, that will work much better than just having a static image ad that says, you know, come, come, come buy from me. So another important uh, point about video is you can typically get, well, new audiences to target. So LinkedIn's rolling this out too as well recently where basically you can retarget based on watch time. Um, so with, with images, people just scroll past them. Uh, with video, you can actually retarget people who watch like 75% of the video or more and because you know they're basic, they're interested, right? They watch through, maybe they didn't take an action. Now you can retarget them with an offer to basically go straight to sale or book a call or another piece of video content um, to warm them up more before you ask them to marry you, right? You can't just go up and say, buy for me. Um, so also video, you typically get cheaper CPM. So it's typically cheaper to reach more people for less with video than it is static images. Um, so that's, that's the two main points I would use video first. And if you're not good at video and you don't really know what kind of content to make, you can experiment a little bit with uh, static images to see what people like the most. And so it's kind of a way to test first before you go invest the time and effort to making a video. Great. Yeah, those are all solid points. So as we're getting ready to wrap up, uh, you know, one thing I always talk about on the podcast is what can people walk away with to apply today uh, or your, your, your top three sort of takeaways. So if you had to boil that down to the three things that anyone should know uh, from this podcast, what would you leave people with? Okay. So number one would be in B2B advertising and paid search is probably the path of least resistance first. Um, you know, if, if your product or service isn't something that some people typically search for, you can also try to find related terms that the same audience who might be an ideal customer would also search for. So maybe they're not directly searching for your product, but you'd know if they're also searching for specific keywords, um, 
they would be a customer as well. So you can put your ad there. You'll have a lower click through rate because they're not directly searching. Um, but that's another way to kind of test the waters on unpaid ads. It, it's Google ads is really good for proving your cost per paid customer. It's, it's really good for that because the intent is really high. Um, it's more expensive per click than other ad platforms, but the intent is, is, is way higher. So it definitely works out. Um, there's some industries that just, just really expensive and, you know, like, um, I know legal is a big one or insurance, um, really expensive to touch out the gate. So you might have, have to have like a really nice landing page or, or some really good ads, but for the most part, Google ads is a, is a good way to get, get basically, uh, get your training wheels and paid ads. Um, the second one I would say is, is to basically spy on your competitors as much as you can. Get that competitive insight because you don't really want to reinvent the wheel. Uh, you basically want to take the money they've already spent on ads time and time again to find out what that best converting landing page is, to find out what those best ads are that get people to click the most, and just build better versions of that. You know, Basically use their ad dollars against them so you don't have to spend those tens of thousands of dollars to get the same insights. Now, you can't know exactly what keywords gave them the most sales, um, but you can know what they're bidding on time, time, like over and over with uh, tools like SpyFu, as I mentioned. Uh, this will basically prevent you from just like burning cash, you know, basically throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks instead of starting it with something that people are already proving works for them through the assumption because they're paying so much on it time and time again. And a lot of competitors are also paying for these keywords and they're also having these kind of landing pages, these kind of ads, they're likely getting an ROI from that. Um, number three, and this one's you know, talked about less because it's often just skipped over is making sure your analytics are airtight. Make sure you have your UTM trackers. Uh, make sure you have your UTM tracking set up properly. Make sure you have your conversion event set up properly. Uh, a lot of times what I see people do is they just jump in and kind of put this stuff to the side. You know, when I was a freelancer many years ago, I actually just didn't really care about UTMs that much either too as well. I was committing the same sin. Um, and then I just really learned the importance of them over time. So I'd really focus a lot on your tracking up front because it's one of those things that if, if you don't do it, uh, months go by, you spend money and you just have to, and you have to go back and do more work and then realize that, oh, this, this is actually working better for us, but because we didn't have the right tracking, we didn't know. And it just creates a, a bigger headache when it's just a matter of just simply setting it up correctly the first time. So I'd really, I'd really invest some time, maybe hire an expert just to set up your tracking properly and just, and just maybe even audit your tracking, especially if you're using sales systems like uh, Salesforce and, and HubSpot and whatnot, Marketo. Uh, Cause you want to make sure that you're transferring that data between them so you can appropriately track where your best quality leads are coming from. Yeah. Well, those are three solid points, Lewis. And, you know, I think this whole discussion is going to be really relevant to anybody in B2B that's looking to implement, you know, paid ad strategies specifically for those in like the high tech world, the SaaS world. Um, you can really scale your marketing and sales efforts by doing this the correct way. <laughs> so I hope that everyone has taken away some some good insights from, from Lewis. So in the show notes, I'm going to put a link uh, over to Convert Lab uh, and also to Lewis's LinkedIn profile. So if anybody wants to reach out and uh, get in touch with him directly, I know he's always happy to answer questions. Um, if you are interested in learning more about how to empower your sales team with content to continue to manage that sales cycle once uh, marketing has really brought them in. Uh, Click.io, our business does a really great job of providing sales enablement solutions to companies in B2B to help them turn their sales and marketing content into better conversations with their clients and then ultimately uh, more closed deals and, and better customer relationships. Uh, so there'll be a link to our website here as well. Uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. 
Uh, If you're finding the content valuable, also give us a good rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And we hope to have you back next time. Thanks again. Thanks for having me on, Dave.